the Fit Mom Life to the Fullest podcast, where we focus on how we can improve our physical health so that we can enjoy the life God has called us to, to the absolute fullest. Hello, ladies. Welcome. Thank you for being here. I'm so happy to chat with you today. You know, I just made a post the other day. I just literally popped into my head as, I guess this was like a week ago or a week or two ago, um, but it popped into my head as I was saying the intro because I do say in the intro, you know, focusing on our physical health, but I made a post about how connected our mental and physical health are and how all the realms of ourselves are connected. Like we are whole people. We have emotions and we have, that sounded weird because I was going to say emotional health and I just shorted it to emotions. So we have emotions and we have, you know, our spirituality and our religion and all these things that are connected. Like it's, you can't separate it because even, you know, so much research has gone into how our body holds emotions and like our body's connection with our mental and, you know, emotional state as well. So it's just really a pet peeve of mine when people act like things are totally different. Like, oh, I skipped my workout today to eat a tub of Oreos and watch five shows on Netflix because that was best for my mental health. Mm, I get, I get it when sometimes like skipping a workout to do something else is what you needed that day, you know. I don't think eating a tub of Oreos watching five shows is good for your mental health or your physical health. So maybe not that one, but sometimes like, you know, skipping your planned strength training workout instead to go for a walk outside and talk, you know, with a friend on the phone or with a a friend in person, even better, could definitely be, you know, the boost that you need for your mental health. So I get that and that's great. But I just want to, you know, harp on slash touch on for a second that, Most of the time, what is best for one aspect of your health is best for all aspects of your health. You know, people who are struggling, and some of you might be struggling with this, especially those of you who are postpartum or pregnant, like we have so many hormonal things going on, and anxiety can be a thing, panic attacks can be a thing, depression can be a thing. There's, you know, so many things, (laughs) for lack of a better word, and almost all of them are going to be helped, you know, at least the symptoms of by a lot that we can do through our nutrition and through moving our bodies and how we treat our bodies, how we sleep, you know, lots of things. There's so much research and this was kind of the gist of the post beyond um, or behind. (sighs) One more time. Words are hard. There's a lot of research that, you know, goes into the caffeine consumption and the anxiety amount, how much time we spend on social media and anxiety and depression. Like, so we can't separate all these activities and think, oh, I just suffer with depression, but everything else I do has no, you know, absolutely no bearing on that. That's false. You know, we, I don't think that eating a salad and, lifting weights is the cure for everything and is going to, you know, snap your fingers and make a chemical imbalance or hormone imbalance, you know, regulate itself. I'm not saying that at all, but I think we need to realize that what we do in one arena affects other areas of our lives as well. And speaking to myself firsthand, because this is the time of year where this stuff gets tough, you know, and I just seasonally, I think, in, in my opinion, that the seasonal blues are a thing for a lot of people. And we need to take stock of what we are doing if we're spending lots of hours on social media or lots of hours watching a screen. That's going to be no surprise with that and then less vitamin D possibly that we are, you know, feeling sad and feeling, 
you know, at a loss or apathetic about things or whatever. So this is just your friendly reminder to do what you need to do as well. Like pick up your Bible, pick up your phone and call a friend, go for a walk. I, this year, and I know we're not far into the year, but um, I'm just kind of thinking of this season, like of the winter season so far. So even starting the end of 2021, so far, I have gotten outside so much more than any other year, and I hope to continue that. And one thing I will say, this is like completely not alt about today's podcast. <laughs> I might do a little episode and let you know what my goals are personally and for like my kids and things this year. But one of my goals that I did set is the thousand hours outside, hitting a thousand hours outside with my kids. And many of you, I'm sure, have heard of this as like a movement and a group. And I'm not officially affiliated with anything. I just you know, follow along with it on Instagram. And I thought of it last year, and I might have talked about it on the podcast last year. I was like, you know what, Britt, this is not the year to shoot for a thousand hours outside because you are due in the middle of summer. So you're going to have the baby, you're going to be in the hospital for a couple days, you're going to come home and be nursing and stuff like, and then I knew because I am a goal-oriented person that I would just get frustrated that I couldn't hit this goal. And then it would just you know, it's how you do things, not what you do, right? So I'm like, this is not the right time for me to attempt this because I am just going to get like annoyed that I can't hit it. And then be like, this baby, no, I can't hit a thousand hours outside. Like that's obviously looking at things in the wrong order and in the wrong way. So this year I decided to set it as a goal for myself and the kids. And, um, I don't know if we'll hit it. You know, that's a lot of hours and winter can be tough. So I did set the goal, but I have a better heart posture and frame of mind this year going into it of like, okay, we're going to shoot for a thousand hours. And I mean, if we don't hit it, that's still so many hours we probably got outside and that's awesome. Like I'm just looking at it as a renewed sense of prioritizing outdoor time because it is really important to me that my kids are outside every day. And some days it's just so hard thinking like I have to get three little people suited up to go outside. My oldest is kind of getting there. Like he can do most things by himself. Um, you know, you still got to pop the gloves on at the end or whatever, get out, at least get out the stuff for them. But, um, anyway, that's just one of the personal goals that I've set for us. And I have gotten so much out of it so far. It's just my point to this is since I am, I did mention, like, if you skipped some workout to do something else, I have done that a couple of times this year where it was like, okay, I only have this nap time to work out, but I have not gotten outside yet because maybe we went to the library or we did something else so far. So I'm going to go outside and get some vitamin D while the sun's shining and I'm just going to walk laps in my backyard and not do my planned workout. And great. You know, that's awesome. You <laughs> bang for your buck that you are getting movement and you're outside and you're in the sun. So anyway, you can go check out the post if you want to, but really long intro for you today to tell you that. I'm going to try to segue into this and I just really can't, but today I'm talking about five tweaks to your nutrition to give you more energy. Actually, you could add a sixth and say, get outside, but that's not your nutrition. So I guess you're getting a vitamin, you're getting vitamin D, but um, this is something that maybe, maybe here's the connection, is a lot of times we do feel exhausted by those kinds of things. Like I do feel exhausted at the idea of getting five or five kids, woo, getting three kids ready to go outside. But if I'm having a much more energetic day already, then it doesn't seem as challenging or as much of a hardship. It's like, okay, let's go. We're just we're just rocking and rolling. And what I see a lot of times with clients is that you're not eating the wrong things necessarily. Maybe you're just eating an imbalance. You're not eating 
the things at the right time or the right, um, okay, it'll make more sense when I talk about it, but I just see that it's not like you're eating donuts all day. It's just the way that you're eating. Like you don't need to overhaul the food itself is my point to that. It's just some tweaks. So truly, that's what we're gonna look at is just what can you do to give you more energy? And maybe you're doing all of these awesome for you if you are, especially if we've worked together one-on-one. I've probably suggested many of these to you because when I'm looking at your individual food logs, it's very easy to be like, oh, we'll just switch that and that, or well, don't do that here, do that before or after your workout. It's just a little bit easier to do, but hopefully you can take these and apply these to your own life and make it fit for you because more energy is just, we all want that all the time. I'm sure this episode is going to have a like higher download count than my uh, some of my other episodes because a lot of times I've noticed that. And if I say energy in something or if I say productivity or effectiveness, like those are things that we want as moms. And I get that. So I obviously also want to always create content that is going to give you value. And that is why I wanted to go this route. Because I'm like, there's so many moms who really are trying to do this, who are trying to live really full lives and, you know, enjoy their days more and whatever. And they're doing the things. They're already doing the workout. They already are eating healthily. But there's still such a lack in their energy that, you know, they just feel depleted a lot of the time. So hopefully these tips help you. And uh, sorry about the seven minute intro about (laughs) other random things. But listen, I said last episode that I pray to the Holy Spirit before every podcast and maybe somebody needed to hear that today. So if that's you, let me know. Okay, so tip number one, balance your meals. Start your day, so especially start your day. I do not mean like get up and eat because if you are an eat later person, that's totally fine. I'm just saying when you do eat your first meal, start it with protein, fat, and greens, and maybe carbs as well, but not just carbs or not just one area. So you just really want to make sure, and this goes throughout your day, to balance your meals, but especially that first meal. I think that's why there was so much hype around breakfast before of like, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. They they don't, I don't think that that marketing began as you need to eat absolutely immediately first thing. I think it was more an emphasis on that first meal can be important for setting you up for the rest of the day. So a lot of times I will look at clients' food logs and I'll just see like 120 calories in there, whether it is a little pre-mixed protein shake or it's a little cup of Greek yogurt, the little pre-portioned ones, or a banana or something like that. And they're like, that was their only breakfast. And that is just not going to do much for your energy. So that's like if, if you're about to have something and then work out and then have an actual breakfast after that, that would be fine. I've, I've shared that before that sometimes if I do a morning workout, I'll have an apple, then I'll do my workout and then I will have my breakfast after that. But I, you want to see a balance of fat, protein, greens, and then, you know, maybe a carb. I'm not anti-carbs and I don't think you need to necessarily eat low carb, Just, you know, it's not the most important category because protein and fat are going to help keep you satiated. They're also going to give you energy, but carbs do give you energy and they get to your bloodstream most immediately. So probably the balance is going to be best for you. Protein, fat, greens, and a carb to get your day going. That's why I am a fan of overnight oats, even though I have not had my overnight oats in a while. I've been actually on the shake train in the morning, which is really bizarre because usually I am a seasonal eater and I will do shakes in the summer and overnight oats through the winter. I think it just 
started because I just forgot to do my oats at night a couple of times. And now I've just segued back to shakes and whatever. I've been rolling with it. So it works. But either way, both of my little go-tos have all those categories. I put a protein powder in either of them if I'm having either of them. And then uh, if I'm having the oats, the oats are my carb. If I'm having the shake, I throw do a frozen banana. That's my carb. I do peanut butter in both <laughs> or some kind of nut butter, almond butter, cashew butter. And I do zucchini if it's in the oats or I do frozen spinach in the shake. So it's balanced. I am starting the day with all categories filled. And the problem too, even if you have higher calories, because I mentioned like 120 little calories something, even if you have a, a higher calorie thing, if it's only in one area, a lot of times I will see clients having oatmeal thinking like, I know oatmeal's healthy. Okay, you had 250 calories of oatmeal. That's better that you ate more calories. However, that was straight carbs a lot of times. A lot of times, um, you know, it's especially if you're having oatmeal that has added sugar, like those flavored packets, they're gonna be very low in protein. I think almost no fat and, you know, you're just gonna, your blood sugar is gonna spike and then drop. So that's how you're starting the day. That's basically what happens anytime you're eating something that's not rounded out in all the other categories. But uh, you can see why that's problematic, especially first thing in the day. I will, okay, we'll save that for number four. Okay, that's number one, balance out your meals. Okay, especially that first meal of the day. Number two, cut back on the coffee. And this might sound totally counterintuitive where you're like, what? Like, we're trying to get more energy, so I need more coffee. Like, move over. I add a cup when I feel dead. No, you're actually going to mess with your systems and make your body really dependent on that. Um, So our bodies adapt very quickly, especially to caffeine and caffeine sensitivity. Everybody, there's totally a genetic component too, because some people are very sensitive to caffeine all the time. Um, I could literally drink a cup of coffee and go to sleep usually, so I do not fall in the very sensitive to caffeine category, but I have even noticed that when I have it less, it does affect me a little bit more, hopefully in a good way. To me, it's usually a good way, but um, if you are just pumping coffee all day or tea or worse, (laughs) energy drinks or pop or something, it's loses its effectiveness. It really does. It just becomes what you need to get by versus something that you're going to get a little pep from. So it really is ideal to be able to run efficiently without caffeine and then caffeine just enhances that. So it's going to be brutal to cut back at first if you're having especially a lot of coffee at once throughout the day. So serving size definitely matters. And this is one for when pregnant people ask this again. I'm not a doctor. I just knocked over my microphone thing. So sorry about that. But I'm not a doctor. But I will say that um, the doctors I've talked to through my own pregnancies have said it's it's less about even the overall caffeine as it is. Mm, I think I'm getting that backwards. It's It's about the overall caffeine number, but you can split that up then. So if you're normally drinking two large coffees throughout the day, that's probably going to be too much in pregnancy if you do limit caffeine during pregnancy, but you could have a couple small cups throughout the day. So it's not that, oh, I can only have one coffee a day, so it better be as much as I can. It's that you can split it throughout the day. Like when I am pregnant, I just take what I would normally drink and just do it in two sessions, usually like in the morning and then afternoon if I can tolerate coffee, which is also always a crap shoot in pregnancy. So 
whatever, pregnant or not pregnant, to cut back on the caffeine or on the coffee is definitely going to help you in the long run because then when you do have it, it's going to hopefully affect you a little bit more. And this is a thing. This is a highly debated thing. Actually, you can Google this and go down this rabbit hole too. Whether or not adrenal fatigue is real, there are some doctors that say that that truly is like you can get diagnosed with adrenal fatigue and one of the biggest causes of it is overdosing on caffeine. But some people say there is no such thing as adrenal fatigue and it's just a fancy way of saying you you are overdoing it on caffeine. So either way, the consensus is it is possible to overdo it on caffeine. So cut back on it. It's going to be brutal the first couple weeks. It's wild how then you can look back and see like, oh, I thought I was so dependent on it, but now I'm so far away from that. I used to drink a cup of coffee in the morning, like at least a medium size. I used to have a second cup around one or two in the afternoon, and then I'd have pre-workout around 4.30 or 5 in the afternoon before I taught my group fitness classes. So I would drink a cup in the morning before school when I taught, and then another cup in the afternoon right after lunch while I taught my afternoon classes, and then a high dose of caffeine in pre-workout before. So now I typically drink one coffee or latte a day, sometimes two, and I don't do any pre-workout. I haven't had pre-workout since my second child, I think, or my first child. I did have it after Josh. I don't think I've had it since I was pregnant with my second. So I just don't want to be that caffeine dependent, and I want to be able to make my body work with what it's working with, right? I don't want to go through life like that. So that's just personally my view on that, but... um, it's wild because at the time I would have thought I can never have less caffeine than this or I could never work out without caffeine. And now most of the time I am working out without caffeine. I just either wake up and just get right to it and then have my first coffee around one in the afternoon. Or sometimes occasionally, just because I like the experience, I'll have a coffee at 9 or 10 a.m. because I'm sitting with a you know friend at a play date or something and I just like the experience of it. And then I'll have one at one or two, but it does affect you more. So just start by cutting back slowly. It will be tough, but um, do it slowly and then time it efficiently. So if you are a person that thinks like, I'm going to super drag without this, you know, maybe you do need it a little bit after you've woken up, or maybe you do want to save it for your workout so that you have a little bit more pep in your step for the workout. Okay, number three to give you more energy is to hydrate early and often. So water actually we don't credit enough with giving us energy. The first thing that my clients notice when they start drinking enough water is like, wow, I actually feel (laughs) like less bloated typically and I have a lot more energy. So don't discount the role that water plays in this. And it's very hard to come back from not drinking a lot of water throughout the day. So try to start right away when you wake up. We wake up dehydrated, drink a big glass of water, and then keep that rolling throughout the day, ideally before meals. Okay, number four, avoid sugar bombs. So this is the one where I was going to launch into my dissertation on (laughs) while I was doing number one. So it is similar to my first tip, which is balancing your meals. But here's the caveat. Even if your meal is balanced, like you're like, Brittany, I do have a protein. I do have a fat. I do have greens present. But your carb is like 60 grams of carbs or higher than that, 100 grams of carbs in one sitting. You're probably going to crash after that, even if it's balanced. So you know, a donut probably has a tiny bit of protein, maybe, depending on what you have in it, if it's like filled with something or whatever. It definitely has fat and it definitely has carbs, but it's going to make you skyrocket in your blood sugar and then crash. So you really want to cut back on or eliminate those. I was mentioning the, you know, when, when was I talking about this? 
was it even on this podcast or last podcast? Um, I think it was last podcast when my husband and I will just, you know, we know that our sleep is going to suffer the next day. Yes, this was last podcast in the Q&A episode. And I was talking about how, you know, I like to have my routines. I like to have sleep. But sometimes you got to deviate from pattern and you got to live a little. And my husband and I will, like, do that where we'll stay up way later one night, weekend night than we know we should. And again, <laughs> weekends are just the same when you have kids. Like, they're still going to get up. So we'll know that the next day we're going to be super groggy. But we're like, whatever, it's worth it. You know, you have to make those judgment calls. And I think this is the same thing with these sugar bombs. Like, you just need to be aware of that is what is making you crash. If you are having, you know, two or three pieces of pizza at lunch and then you feel like falling asleep after, that's why. Like, you just skyrocketed your blood sugar with the white pizza dough and now you want to take a nap. So it's not the best for just your average Wednesday that you're having at lunch and then you need to be productive and energetic throughout the rest of the day. However... Maybe you want to have like an ice cream sundae and you know that it's going to make you tired, but you're having it at night. You're going to go to bed soon anyway. You've planned for it. You're excited for that treat. That's fine. Like, enjoy it. But in your average day, definitely look at what could be the sugar bomb trap. Maybe it's that you do drink coffee in the afternoon and you put a ton of sugar in it and you need to try to skim back on both those things, maybe the coffee amount and the sugar in it. So, it's, it's one of those things that gives you that temporary peak, that temporary high, and then you crash real hard. We want to stay regulated is the theme of today's episode. That's what the biggest takeaway I hope that you get from this is that you really just want things to be balanced and avoid really high surges in blood sugar and then dropping it super low. Okay, my last tip for you is to stop when you are full and not when you are stuffed. This one's really hard because a lot of us cannot, like we do not know what full is. A lot of people, this is something that I personally kind of had to unlearn coming from a very Italian family that loves to feed you till you fall asleep. (laughs) Exactly that. What we just talked about, like two huge plates of pasta where your blood sugar is going to skyrocket and then crash. And I used to think that full meant stuffed. Like I would still think I was hungry if I had had a normal serving of dinner and I just didn't feel stuffed yet. Like I would stop when I was stuffed, not when I just was full. So that's a big, a big factor in your energy because we're not made to be like that. We're not supposed to feel stuffed. And that's not, firstly, it's, that's pretty gluttonous. And sometimes you just don't even know what we're doing, you know, that we're doing it. We're not aware of it. So you should not feel like you cannot possibly fit another bite in your mouth. Like, There's a happy medium between finishing a meal and feeling like hunger pains, like you're still hungry. But then there's, you know, the other extreme of feeling stuffed. We want to be somewhere in the middle. And sometimes I do leave a meal thinking like, am I still hungry? Do I want more? And I just try to wait it out. I'm like, okay, I'm going to just kind of start clearing the table. I'll drink a little more water. And then a lot of times I'm like, okay, no, that was it. I just ate too fast. I mean, that's also the name of the game, right? Right now we have three kids under four. So the older two, the four-year-old and two-year-old, were helping cut up their food and do that all meal and saying like, no fart jokes at the table, <laughs> that kind of thing. And then we have the baby who's dabbling in foods now. So we're taking turns feeding him during the meal. And then you're like looking ahead to bath time and this and that. And kids don't eat very long. So I'm generally eating very fast, especially my earlier meals in the day, let alone dinner. So a lot of times 
I feel a little bit hungry still when I'm done, then I'm like, okay, I just need to give it some time because I just ate way too quick. I like, I need it to digest and then see if I'm actually hungry. And if you are still hungry, that's fine. Like fill up on some more good, beautiful whole foods, but give yourself that second to see, you know, that's why one of the, a tip that you hear often is to slow down while eating. Again, I'm telling you, I really can't. There's a lot of times I'm like, nope, I've got about five minutes to do this. So if you cannot slow down while eating, then give it some time after and really like do, start doing something else. So that's when I'll get up and start clearing the table, doing the dishes. And I'll tell myself that like, okay, if you're still hungry when you're done with the dishes, you can grab a protein bar or have another little serving of something. I've done that. I've put the food away. Then I've gone back in and grabbed another meatball because I'm like, no, I am still a little bit hungry. So there's nothing wrong with that. But we need to learn what full is and not push ourselves to the point of stuffed every time. And really think about that because a lot of you, that might be the first time you're hearing that where it's like, whoa, that's a game changer. And it's a game changer for your energy because think about like that post Thanksgiving stuffed feeling where you do just want to like lay down and take a nap. You don't want that on your every day in your average day. You want to be energetic and feel vibrant and full of life. So that's the goal, right? That is what we want to serve more, serve better and enjoy our lives more as well. So, okay, I have one last request from you before I sign off of this podcast, I would be so appreciative if you would rate and review the podcast, especially on Apple, but I believe you can do it on Spotify and other uh, modalities as well. And here's the thing, ladies, this is something funny that I realized is I have talked to people whose podcasts I love and have gotten value from. I said, da, 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 I love your podcast and I have this question or we've collaborated together or something. And someone who I actually collaborated with once was like, oh, that's funny because I I didn't see a review with your name on it. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, whoa, called right out. And it was so true. And then I was very embarrassed and was like, oh, my goodness, I'm sorry, because it's true. I do love your podcast and I've never left your review. And guess what? I left one super quick. So I would never call anyone out like that at all. But some of you I have been hearing from in my Instagram messages or emails and you know, if I have provided value for you and you do enjoy this podcast or I've, you know, answered some questions for you or whatever, I would really appreciate it if you would take the time to rate and review the podcast because it really does help me out on my end, uh, not feel like I'm just talking to myself and to help other people find the podcast so they can find value. And I personally, even after that, I was called out by somebody a while ago. And then still there are other people who I've gotten a lot of value from their podcasts whether it be decluttering or finance or business or whatever. And I just haven't, and I listen to them. I listen to them like you listen to me say, please leave me a review. And I never did. And one day I literally stopped. I was driving somewhere and I stopped when I was parked and I went back and I left a review for every podcast that I have found value from that I enjoyed that I never left a review for. Because I'm like, Brittany, this is just rude because I have listened to them. I have gotten value from them. They've asked me to do this. This is going to take me five minutes. And it did. So if you have one minute to leave the review, I would really appreciate it. Okay, as always, if you need anything from me, you can check out fitmomlifetothefullest.com and send me a message there. You could email me at fitmomlifetothefullest at gmail.com. And uh, we do still have that free two-week trial going on for the Chasing Greatness group. If you would like to try that, you can check that out the website too. All right, ladies, until next time, I hope you have a great weekend and I will talk to you soon. 